0: For morning prayer
1: daily throughout the year is found beginning this day on page four of the Book of Common Prayer. Please kneel, if able. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever.
0: Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips, and our mouth shall shout forth thy praise. O oh God, make speed to save us. O oh Lord, make haste to help us. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Oh On page 5. Oh, come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us and rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and show ourselves glad in him with songs. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In His hand are all the corners of the earth and the strength of the hills is His also. The sea is His and He made it and his hands prepared the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and fall down, and kneel before the Lord our Maker, for he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. in not your odds as in the provocation and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness when your fathers tempted me proved me and saw my works forty years long was I grieved with this generation and said It is a people that do in their hearts, for they have not known my ways. Under whom I swear in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end, Amen.
1: You may be seated. The portion of the psalter appointed for the morning prayer, the fourth day, is Psalm 19 found beginning on page 382 of the Book of Common Prayer. We'll say the psalm in unison. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. One day telleth another, and one night certifieth another. There is neither speech nor language, but their voices are heard among them. Their sound is gone out into all lands, and their words into the ends of the world. In them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun, which cometh forth as a bridegroom out of his chamber, and rejoiceth as a giant to run his course. It goeth forth from the uttermost part of the heaven and runneth about unto the end of it again. And there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. The law of the Lord is an undefiled law, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, and giveth wisdom unto the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, and rejoice the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, and giveth light unto the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean and endureth forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant taught, and in keeping of them there is great reward. Who can tell how oft he offendeth? O cleanse thou me from my secret faults. Keep thy servant also from presumptuous sins, lest they get the dominion over me. So shall I be undefiled and innocent from the great offence. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be always acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer, Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begin in the 10th chapter, of the second book of the Kings. And Ahab had 70 sons in Samaria, and Jehu wrote letters and sent to Samaria unto the rulers of Jezreel, to the elders and to them that brought up Ahab's children, saying, Now as soon as this letter cometh to you, saying your master's sons are with you, and there are with you chariots and horses, a fenced city also, and armor. Look even out the best and neatest of your master's sons, and set him on his father's throne, and fight for your master's house. But they were exceedingly afraid, and said, Behold, two kings stood not before him, How then shall we stand? And he that was over the house, and he that was over the city, the elders also, and the bringers up of the children, sent to Jehu, saying, We are thy servants, and will do all that thou shalt bid us. We will not make any king. Do thou that which is good in thine eyes. Then he wrote a letter the second time to them, saying, If ye be mine, and if ye will hearken unto my voice, take ye the heads of the men your master's sons, and come to me to Jezreel by tomorrow this time. Now the king's sons, being 70 persons, were with the great men of the city which brought them up. And it came to pass when the letter came to them that they took the king's sons and slew 70 persons and put their heads in baskets and sent them to Jezreel. And there came a messenger and told him saying, they have brought the heads of the king's sons. And he said, Lay ye them in two heaps at the entering in of the gate unto the morning. And it came to pass in the morning that he went out and stood and said to all the people, Ye be righteous, behold, I conspired against my master and slew him, but who slew all these? Know now that there shall fall unto the earth nothing of the word of the Lord, which the Lord spake concerning the house of Ahab, For the Lord hath done that which he spake by his servant Elijah. So Jehu slew all that remained of the house of Ahab in Jezreel, and all his great men, and his kinsfolks, and his priests, until he left him none remaining. And he arose and departed, and came to Samaria. And as he was at the shearing house in the way, Jehu met with the brethren of Ahaziah, king of Judah, and said, Who are you? And they answered, We are the brethren of Ahaziah, and we go down to salute the children of the king, And the children of the queen and he said take them alive and they took them away and slew them at the pit of the shearing house even two and forty men neither left he any of them and when he was departed thence, he lighted on jehonadab the son of recap coming to meet him and he saluted him and said to him is thine heart right as my heart is with thy heart and jehonadab answered it is if it be Give me thine hand. And he gave him his hand and took him up to him into the chariot. And he said, Come with me and see my zeal for the Lord. So they made him ride in his chariot. And when he came to Samaria, he slew all that remained of Ahab in Samaria till he had destroyed them, according to the saying of the Lord which he spake to Elijah. And Jehu gathered all the people together and said unto them, Ahab served Baal alone but Jehu shall serve him much. Now therefore call unto me all the prophets of Baal, all their servants and all their priests. Let none be wanting, for I have a great sacrifice to do to Baal. Whosoever shall be wanting, he shall not live. But Jehu did it in subtlety to the intent that he might destroy the worshippers of Baal. And Jehu said, Proclaim a solemn assembly for Baal. And they proclaimed it. And Jehu went sent throughout all Israel, and all the worshippers of Baal came, so that there was none a man left that came not. And they came into the house of Baal, and the house of Baal was full from one end to another. And he said unto him that was over the vestry, Bring forth vestments for all the worshippers of Baal. And he brought them forth vestments. And Jehoshaphat went, and Jehonadab, the son of Rechab, into the house of Baal, and said unto the worshippers of Baal, Search and look that there be here with you none of the servants of the Lord, but the worshippers of Baal only. And when they went in to offer sacrifices and burnt offerings, Jehu appointed fourscore men without and said, If any of the men whom I have brought into your hands escape, he that letteth him go, his life shall be for the life of him. And it came to pass, as soon as he had made an end of offering the burnt offering, that Jehu said to the guard and to the captains, Go in and slay them. Let none come forth. And they smote them at the edge of the sword. And the guard and the captains cast them out and went to the city of the house of Baal. And they brought forth the images out of the house of Baal and burned them. And they break down the image of Baal and break down the house of Baal and made it a drab house unto this day. Thus Jehu destroyed Baal out of Israel. Howbeit from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who made Israel to sin, Jehu departed not from after them, to wit, the golden calves that were in Bethel and that were in Dan. And the Lord said unto Jehu, Because thou hast done well in executing that which is right in mine eyes, and hast done unto the house of Ahab according to all that was in mine heart, thy children of the fourth generation shall sit on the throne of Israel. But Jehu took no heed to walk in the law of the Lord God of Israel with all his heart. For he departed not from the sins of Jeroboam, which made Israel to sin. In those days the Lord began to cut Israel short. And Hazael smote them in all the coasts of Israel, from Jordan eastward all the land of Gilead, the Gadites and the Reubenites and the Manassites, from Eroer, which is by the river Arnon, even Gilead and Bashan, now the rest of the acts of John and all that he did and all his might are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Israel? And Jehu slept with his fathers, and they buried him in Samaria. And Jehoaz, his son, reigned in his stead. And the time that Jehu reigned over Israel in Samaria was twenty and eight years. Irani, the lesson. The join in the today on page six.
0: We praise thee, O God. We acknowledge thee to be the Lord. All the earth doth worship thee, the Father everlasting. To thee, all angels cry aloud, the heavens and all the powers therein. To thee, cherubim and seraphim, continually to cry. Holy, 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 Lord God of Sabaoth, heaven and earth are full of the majesty of thy glory. The glorious company of the apostles, praise thee. The goodly fellowship of the prophets, praise thee. Thy noble army of martyrs, praise Thee. The Holy Church throughout all the world doth acknowledge Thee. The Father of an infinite majesty, Thine honourable true and only Son, also the Holy Ghost, the Comforter. Thou art the King of glory, O Christ. Thou art the everlasting Son of the Father. Who, when thou tookest upon thee, did deliver man. Thou didst not abhor the virgin's womb. Who, when thou hast overcome the sharpness of death, Thou didst open the kingdom of heaven to all believers. Thou sittest at the right hand of God in the glory of the Father. We believe that thou shalt come to be our judge. We therefore pray thee, help thy servants, Whom Thou hast redeemed with Thy precious blood, make them to be numbered with Thy saints in glory everlasting. O Lord, save Thy people and bless Thy heritage. Govern them and lift them up forever. Day by day, we magnify Thee, and we worship Thy name. ever will be hand but save the Lord to keep us this day without sin. Lighting upon us as our trust is in thee. O oh Lord, in thee have I trusted. Let me never be
1: confounded. We continue on the bottom of page 12. Please kneel.
0: The Lord be with you and with thy spirit. Let us pray. Lord, have mercy upon us. Christ, have mercy upon us. Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Amen. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us, and grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save them that rule, and mercifully hear us when we call upon thee. but only Thou, O God. O God, make clean our hearts within us, and take not Thy Holy Spirit
1: from us. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in Thou other to whom standeth our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, defend us, Thy humble servants, and all the souls of our enemies, that we Surely trusting of thy defence, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord our Heavenly Father, Almighty and Everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger. But that all our doings may be ordered by thy governance to do always what is righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. O Heavenly Father, whose blessed Son, Jesus Christ, did weep at the graves of Lazarus, his friend, look, we beseech thee, with compassion upon those who are now in sorrow and affliction. Comfort them, O Lord, with thy gracious consolations. Make them to know that all things work together for good to those who love thee, and grant them a sure trust and confidence in thy fatherly care. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. The order for Holy Communion is found beginning on page 242 of the Book of Common Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, Almighty God, unto whom our hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of thy Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love thee and worthily magnify thy holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. God spake these words and said, I am the Lord thy God, thou shalt have none other gods but me. Lord,
2: have mercy upon us.
1: Hearts, keep this law. Thou shalt not make to thyself any graven an image, nor the likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or in the earth beneath, or in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down to them, nor worship them. For I, the Lord, thy God, am a jealous God, and visit the sins of the fathers upon the children, unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and show mercy unto thousands of them that love me, and keep my commandments.
2: Lord, have mercy upon us, and incline our hearts to keep this law.
1: Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless, that taketh his name in vain. Lord, have mercy upon us,
2: and incline our hearts to keep this law.
1: Remember that thou keep holy the Sabbath day. Six days shalt thou labor and do all that thou hast to do, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt do no manner of work. Thou and thy son and thy daughter, thy manservant and thy maidservant, thy cattle and the stranger that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the seventh day and hallowed it.
2: Lord have mercy upon us. Incline our hearts to keep this law.
1: Honor thy father and thy mother. That thy days may be long in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee...
2: Lord, have mercy upon us. And incline our hearts to keep this law. Thou shalt do no murder. Lord, have mercy upon us. And incline our hearts to keep this law. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Lord, have mercy upon us. And incline our hearts to keep this law. Thou shalt not steal. Thou
1: shalt not bear false witness
2: against thy neighbor. Lord, have mercy upon us, and incline our hearts to keep this law.
1: Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, nor his servant, nor his maid, nor his ox,
2: nor his ass, nor anything that is his. Lord, have mercy upon us, and invite all these thy laws in our hearts in Jesus' Let us pray.
1: O Lord, our Governor, whose glory is in all the world, we commend this nation to thy merciful care, that being guided by thy providence, we may dwell secure in thy peace. Grant to the President of the United States and to all in authority, both wisdom and strength, to know and to do thy will. Fill them with the love of truth and righteousness, and make them ever mindful of their calling to serve this people in thy fear. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost, one God, world without end. Amen. The call to epistle and gospel appointed for the twelfth Sunday after Trinity is found beginning on page 181 of the book of Common Prayer. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, who art always more ready to hear than we are to pray, and I'd wont to give more than either we desire or deserve. Pour down upon us the abundance of thy mercy, forgiving us those things whereof our conscience is afraid, and giving us those good things which we are not worthy to ask, but through the merits and mediation of Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord. Amen.
2: The epistle is written in the third chapter of 2 Corinthians, beginning at the fourth verse. Such trust have we through Christ to Godward, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit, Spirit giveth life. But if the ministration of death, written and engraved in stones, was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not behold the face of Moses, for the glory of his countenance, which glory was to be done away, how shall not the ministration of the Spirit be rather glory? For if the ministration of condemnation be glory, much more doth the ministration of righteousness exceed in glory. Here endeth the epistle.
1: The Holy Gospel is written in the 7th chapter of St. Mark, beginning at the 31st verse. Jesus, departing from the coasts of Tyre and Sidon, came under the Sea of Galilee, to the midst of the coasts of the Galileans. And they bring unto him one that was deaf and had an impediment in his speech. And they beseech him to put his hands upon him. And he took him aside from the multitude and put his fingers into his ears, and he spat and touched his tongue. And looking up to heaven, he sighed, and said unto him, Epitha, that is, be open. And straightway his ears were opened, and the string of his tongue was loosed, and he spake plain. And he charged them that they should tell no man. But the more he charged them, so much the more a great deal they published it and were beyond measure astonished, saying, He hath done all things well. He maketh both the deaf to hear and the dumb to speak. Please join me in the Nicene Creed on page 246. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Ghost of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried and the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and descended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of the Father and he shall come again with glory to judge both the quick and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. And I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Lord and giver of life, who proceedeth from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spake by the prophets. And I believe one Catholic and apostolic church I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Please join me in Metrical Psalm 20, found in your bulletin inserts.
0: In trouble and adversity, the Lord God hear thee still. The Majesty of Jacob's God defend thee from all ill, and send thee from his home. And so in Zion establish thee, And make thee strong indeed, Remembering well the sacrifice That now in him is done, And so receive most graciously according to thy art's desire, the Lord grant unto thee, and all thy counsel and thy mind full well perform me. We will rejoice when thou art saved, and bound I'm confidence and some in us trust. But we remember God our Lord who keep that promise just. They all fall down but we do rise and stand up steadfastly. Oh, say
1: Be seated. Reminder that Friday is a day of fasting or material abstinence as appointed by the Book of Common Prayer for the strengthening of resolve against sin, for the relief of the poor, and for remembrance of our Lord's passion and death. May the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be always acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Amen. Amen. Such is the confidence that we have through Christ toward God. Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God. St. Corinthians chapter 3, verses 4 through 5. In chapter 3 of St. Paul's second letter to the church he founded in Corinth, the apostle is responding, as he so often does, to the counterfeit gospels which haunt us until our king returns. Corinth, after all, was an important city in the ancient world, and so it was inevitable that men would appear in the midst of the congregation and attack the newly planted gospel course, the easiest target was the man who brought the good news of God's love to them. Apparently, these traveling heretics were impressive, well-spoken men who showed up with letters endorsing their claim to be bearers of a greater and more glorious truth than anything the beaten and broken St. Paul might provide these wolves, pointed to the absent apostle and said, who could believe that God would choose this little, unimpressive man as his ambassador to the nations? What proof does he have that he is the chosen one of God? The confused Corinthians, so used to judging men by their earthly of greatness, obviously found this argument at least partially compelling. We should ask, though, in our own time, is this a fair way to judge the truth of the gospel? Is it fair or even logical to judge the objective truth or falsehood of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ by the impressiveness or even the holiness of the men who deliver this message to us? In reality, no, it it really isn't. For example, if I knew a journalist was cheating on his wife, it would make it less likely that I would trust his word on whether an event happened or not. After all, liars lie. But even if I rightly trusted the adulterous reporter less because of his terrible betrayal, it would be impossible for me to say that an event couldn't have happened just because a bad or weak or evil person told me about it. The death and resurrection of Jesus Christ objectively happened, or it didn't. The personal morality of the witness doesn't really change at all this reality. However, St. Paul does not argue this point today, fascinatingly. He doesn't argue that the gospel is true, no matter how weak he personally is. no. in other places he does do that, right? Think of 1 Corinthians 15, our our epistle from last week, listing out the people who've seen the risen Lord. Go find them and you will know. He defends the objective truth of Jesus' victory over death. But here, here he argues that his evidence of the truth of the gospel and the fruit of his ministry can be found in the transformed hearts of the Corinthians themselves. He tells them he needs no letters of endorsement because the remade men and women of the Corinthian church are a letter from Christ to the fallen world. A message not written on paper or even engraved in stone, but burned, into their new hearts of living flesh by the Holy Spirit himself. As prophesied in Ezekiel, we read, Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you, and ye shall be clean. From all your filthiness and from all your idols will I cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart of your flesh, and I will give you an heart of flesh. Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 25 through 26. St. Paul is telling the Corinthians that there is no visible earthly thing that could be more impressive than this prophecy coming true through his and the other apostles God-ordained ministry. What's incredible about that is who he is talking to. Despite the difficulties in Corinth, the many difficulties in Corinth, right? St. Paul has no doubt that the Holy Spirit has moved through the congregation and established real human beings as living, breathing testaments of divine glory. It's incredible. Of course, for this reason, the failure of Christians to live in light of the gospel is such a horrible tragedy. Of course, a sinful Christian, a Christian who's committed sin, who falls on his knees before the infinite goodness and mercy of God will find forgiveness at the throne of heavenly grace. Adopted sons and daughters can fall on their knees before their father and say, Father, forgive me. That is a right and a privilege for the adopted sons and daughters of God. But we are talking more than about ourselves here, more than just our personal salvation. We are talking about what kind of witness, what kind of evidence our lives reveal about the kingdom of God. For example, it seems like every week we have stories about churches or Christian organizations who have harbored or excuse the evil, predatory behavior of men posing as pastors. Men, who, if still alive, should be defrocked and prosecuted to the full extent of the law. A friend of mine pointed out that in the 4th century, human nature hasn't changed very much, this was a problem in the 300s as well, St. Basil the Great recommended the following for men caught in this kind of heinous act public flogging, hard labor, and lifetime confinement. its hard punishment. What's fascinating is that our up-to-date, civilized world would scoff at such treatment because we find, insanely, that it's actually much better for the abused or the future abused to suffer for a lifetime than for an abuser to suffer for a lifetime. What's interesting about Basil's method of punishment was it wasn't death. It left open the possibility for this cleric to come to saving faith, to repent and turn from that life of horror that they that they'd inflicted upon themselves. But it never made the mistake of putting them back in leadership. It never made the mistake of putting them back in a position where they could hurt others. That's judicious Christian punishment. It's very different from the way our world operates. Sadly, what the world sees when it Sees the coverage of these horrors is the utter hypocrisy of a church and its ministers, who wear the clothes of a Christian, but whose hearts are dead inside. Men who have feasted at the Lord's table, only to mock him in the whorehouses of evil. All the time. Every day. These men have devastated their victims, and further, they have done their best to serve as Witnesses for the evil one in the court of public opinion. An atheist might rightly ask, where was the gospel when children were being tortured by those they trusted? What news could possibly be good in a world where children are devoured by monsters in the dark? Humbled by these questions, and we should be, We can only turn to St. Paul's words today. He writes, Such is the confidence that we have through Christ toward God. Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God, who has made us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. One of the most distressing things about watching one of these horrible scandals unfold, whether in churches or public schools or anywhere else, one of the most horrible things about it is that all the administrators suddenly decide that the best solution, the only solution, is a new set of rules and guidelines. As if more rules could somehow corral the broken human souls who prey on the weak. A massive proliferation of these cases should show us that these rules do not save anyone. Rules are dead as the stone or paper on which they are written. One may follow a rule because he fears being punished for breaking it, thus making him a coward rather than righteous. But the rule itself has no power in itself The only thing the letter of the law can do is point out our failure, our weakness, and our shame when we break it or dream of breaking it. St. Paul is telling us that even the law of God has no power to save us. How much more impotent than are the temporary memoranda, guidelines of human resource personnel? Blessedly, The fate of the world does not lie in the hands of paper pushers and bureaucrats, or kings and congressmen for that matter. And thank God for that. St. Paul tells us that our sufficiency is of God. And we see just that in today's Gospel reading, where Jesus Christ, God the Son and the Lord of creation, heals human infirmity with the same creative power he used to spread forth the firmament of heaven this public displays real power reshaping a world marred by our sinful rebellion it wasn't some law or rule which removed the silence imprisoning today's deaf man no this fallen creature was healed by the recreative work of the true God whose air we breathe, whose image we bear, and whose world he will not let us destroy. It's an incredible scene. Jesus Christ embodies this greatest of news when he joins his image bearers in our suffering through the death of the cross. He shows his everlasting solidarity with all those mistreated, by a fallen, evil world, by fighting it with the weaponry of sacrificial love. God the Son doesn't say, like some politician, I feel your pain, and then move on to the next reward for the rich and the powerful. No. He lived in our pain and in our sorrow until we killed him. And then he rose from the grave to show us death's pathetic weakness. He revealed a resurrected glory to live for rather than a condemnation to fear. That's really important. He revealed a resurrected glory to live for rather than a condemnation to fear. It is His sacrifice which today gives meaning and hope to all those suffering under the boot of evil. It is His sacrifice which will soon bring everlasting peace and justice to all those who seem crushed and forsaken, especially, perfectly, to those who seem crushed and forsaken. It is, then, the bloodied, suffering God who has earned our love and allegiance. And it is only through him that we will ever rise above the evil which infects every institution of our fallen world. As the last part of that Ezekiel prophecy tells us, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and ye shall keep my judgments and do them. Then the heathen that are left round about you shall know that I, the Lord, build the ruined places and plant that which was desolate, I, and the Lord, have spoken it, and I will do it. God has planted his word in the ruined places of our hearts. And from this desolate ground will grow the new garden of Eden. In a land of stone hearts and desert mines, We must carry this spring of grace and life to every person dying of thirst. We must open our hearts to their pain and connect them to the God who is building a new world from the wreckage of human failure. Nothing less will heal them. Nothing less will heal us. So then, Let us mourn for the victims of the world's evil but let us never forget that we are united to the solution united to the victory united to the end of all evil and he will always be enough because he is the source of our being and the very fulfillment of our everlasting peace in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy ghost Amen. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Whatsoever ye would that men should do unto you, even so do unto them. So this is the Law and the Prophets. Please join me in hymn 423. <sighs> oh,
0: for a thousand tongues to sing my dear Redeemer's praise, the glories of my God and King, the triumphs of His grace. Jesus, the name that charms our fears, that bids our sorrows cease, his music in the sinner's is is life and health and peace. He speaks and listening to his voice, new life the dead receive. The mournful broken cannot rejoice. Master, and my God, assist me to proclaim, and spread through all the earth abroad the honors of the
1: Page 250 of the Book of Common Prayer. Let us pray for the whole state of Christ Church militant here on earth. Almighty and ever living God, who by thy holy apostle has taught us to make prayers and supplications and to give thanks for all men, <coughs> we humbly beseech thee most mercifully to accept our alms and oblations and to receive these our prayers which we offer unto thy divine majesty beseeching thee to inspire continually the universal church with the spirit of truth, unity, and concord, and grant that all those who do confess thy holy name may agree in the truth of thy holy word and live in unity and godly love. We beseech thee also so to direct and dispose the hearts of all Christian rulers, that they may truly and impartially administer justice to the punishment of wickedness and vice and to the maintenance of thy true religion and virtue. Give grace, O Heavenly Father, to all bishops and pastors, especially Peter, our bishop ordinary, that they may both by their life and doctrine set forth thy true and lively word, and rightly and duly administer thy holy sacraments. And to all thy people give thy heavenly grace, and especially to this congregation here present, that with meek heart and due reverence they may hear and receive thy holy word, truly serving thee in holiness and righteousness all the days of their life. And we most humbly beseech thee of thy goodness, O Lord, to comfort and succor all those who in this transitory life are in trouble, sorrow, need, sickness, or any other adversities, especially those for whom our prayers are desired. And we also bless thy holy name for all thy servants departed this life in thy faith and fear, beseeching thee to give us grace so to follow their good examples, that with them we may be partakers of thy heavenly kingdom. Grant this, O Father, for Jesus Christ's sake, our only mediator and advocate. Amen. The exhortation is not on page 255. Dearly beloved in the Lord, He that might have come to the Holy Communion of the Body and Blood of our Savior Christ must consider how St. Paul exhorteth all persons diligently to prove and examine themselves before they presume to eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For as the benefit is great, if with a true penitent heart and lively faith we receive that Holy Sacrament. For then we spiritually eat the flesh of Christ and drink His blood. Then we dwell in Christ and Christ in us. We are one with Christ and Christ with us. So is the danger great that we receive the same unworthily. For then we are guilty of the body and blood of Christ our Savior. We eat and drink our own condemnation, not considering the Lord's body. We kindle God's wrath against us. We revoke him to plague us with divers diseases and sundry kinds of death. Judge therefore yourselves, brethren, that ye be not judged by the Lord. Repent ye truly for your sins past. Have a lively and steadfast faith in Christ our Savior. Amend your lives, and be in perfect charity with all men. So shall ye be meet partakers of those holy mysteries. And above all things ye must give most humble and hearty thanks to God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, for the redemption of the world by the death and passion of our Savior Christ, both God and man, who did humble himself even to the death upon the cross for us miserable sinners, who lay in darkness and the shadow of death, that He might make us the children of God and exalt us to everlasting life. And in the end, that we should always remember the exceeding great love of our Master and only Savior, Jesus Christ, thus dying for us, and the innumerable benefits which by His precious blood shedding He hath obtained for us. He hath instituted and ordained holy mysteries as pledges of His love, And for a continual remembrance of his death, to our great and endless comfort. To him, therefore, with the Father and the Holy Ghost, let us give, as we are most bound in, continual thanks, submitting ourselves wholly to his holy will and pleasure, and studying to serve him in true holiness and righteousness all the days of our life. Amen. Ye who did truly and earnestly repent of your sins, and honor in charity with your neighbors, and intend to lead a new life, following the commandments of God, and walking from henceforth in his holy ways. Draw near with faith, and take this holy sacrament to your comfort, and make your humble confession to Almighty God, meekly kneeling upon your knees. Almighty God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, Maker of all things, Judge of all men, we acknowledge and bewail our manifold sins and wickedness, which we from time to time most grievously have committed by thought, word, and deed against thy divine majesty, provoking most justly thy wrath and indignation against us. We do earnestly repent and are heartily sorry for these our misdoings. The remembrance of them is grievous unto us, the burden of them is intolerable. Have mercy upon us, have mercy upon us, most merciful Father. For thy Son, our Lord Jesus Christ's sake, forgive us all that is past, and grant that we may ever hereafter serve and please thee in newness of life to the honor and glory of thy name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, who of his great mercy hath promised forgiveness of sins to all those who with hearty repentance and true faith turn unto him, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and bring you to everlasting life through Jesus Christ, our Lord.
2: Amen
1: hear but comfortable words our Savior Christ at, and all who truly turn to him. Come unto me, all ye that travail and are heavy laden, and I will refresh you. So God loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son to the end that all that believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Here also what St. Paul said. This is a true saying, and worthy of all men to be received, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. You're also, with Saint John said: If any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and He is the propitiation for our sins. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up unto the Lord. Let us give thanks unto our Lord God. It is meet and right so to do. It is very meet, right, and our bounden duty that we should at all times and in all places give thanks unto Thee, O Lord. Holy Father, almighty, everlasting God. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we lord and magnify thy glorious name evermore praising thee and saying, Holy, Holy,
0: Holy Lord, God of hosts, heaven and earth are full.
1: We do not presume to come to this thy table, O merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in thy manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under thy table, but thou art the same Lord, whose property is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of thy dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him, and he in us. Amen. Almighty God, our heavenly Father, who of thy tender mercy didst give thine only Son, Jesus Christ, to suffer death upon the cross for our redemption, who made there, by his one oblation of himself once offered, a full perfect and sufficient sacrifice, oblation and satisfaction for the sins of the whole world. And in institute, and in his holy gospel, command us to continue a perpetual memory of that his precious death until his coming again. Hear us, O merciful Father, we most humbly beseech thee, and grant that we, receiving these thy creatures of bread and wine, according to thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, holy institution in remembrance of his death and passion, may be partakers of his most blessed body and blood, who in the same night that he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he break it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. I have a join me in the Lord's Prayer on page 264. Our Father,
0: who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Forever and ever. Amen.
1: O Lord and Heavenly Father, we thy humble servants entirely desire thy fatherly goodness, mercifully to accept this our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. Most humbly beseeching thee to grant that by the merits in death of thy Son Jesus Christ and through faith in his blood, we and all thy whole church may obtain remission of our sins and other benefits of his passion. And here we offer and present unto thee, O Lord, ourselves, our souls and bodies, to be a reasonable, holy and lively sacrifice unto thee, humbly beseeching thee, that all we who are partakers of this holy communion may be fulfilled with thy grace and heavenly benediction. And although we are unworthy through our manifold sins to offer unto thee any sacrifice, Yet we beseech thee to accept this art bound in duty and service, not weighing our merits, but pardoning our offenses. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, by whom and with whom, in the unity of the Holy Ghost, all honor and glory be unto thee, O Father Almighty, world without end. Amen. Glory be to God on high.
0: And on earth peace God will touch man. We praise thee, we bless thee, we worship thee, we glorify thee, we give thanks to thee for thy great glory. O Lord God, heavenly King, God the Father Almighty, Only begotten Son Jesus Christ O Lord God Lamb of God Son of the Father that takest away the sins of the world have mercy upon us Thou that takest away the sins of the world have mercy upon us That takest away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. Thou that sittest at the right hand of God the Father, have mercy upon us. For thou only art holy, thou only art the Lord, thou only Love Divine